welcome to the Cosmic Pirate Podcast, episode 22. We got Roger, Cindy, and Dennis Bonaducci joining us here. Dennis is uh, to my right in the studio in Jersey. Yeehaw! <laughs> Cindy got is a mule too. Cindy's out in Michigan. How you doing tonight, Cindy? Great. <laughs> Roger in Florida. How are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. So we're gonna try uh, a new format. I have. Uh, you are? We want to do the. Yeah. Why not? The format will be some wacky news or some initial banter about news and whatever else, and then we'll okay. do. Uh, that's not new. That's not new. But then we're gonna do an amazing animal fact. And then we can get on to the main topic. Now, hopefully, we can uh, tie in the amazing animal facts to the main topic, which kind of happens in this episode, because the, the amazing animal facts that I found tie into uh, uh, air flight, so to speak. So, um, let's get started like with some wacky news. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, let's get started with... this better than the movie did. I like that movie. Yeah, because Come the movie on. didn't fare too well, Drew. <laughs> I rented it. I thought it was kind of funny. Yeah, well, the whole point is it wasn't supposed to be funny. It wasn't? I thought it was supposed to be comedy. We have a school here in, in Bloomingdale called the Samuel L. Donald School. I call it the Samuel L. Jackson School. The Samuel R. Donald School. Oh, there's one down here that. called the Ben E. Hill School. <laughs> <laughs> ben E. Hill. That's <laughs> excellent. <laughs> That's excellent. Ben E. Hill. <laughs> So who's got some wacky wacky news? You want to start off with uh, with one of you guys, Raj, Cindy, someone out there? Uh, well, mine's pretty <laughs> lame. The only thing I could find is uh, a man who uh, puts in a nine one one call and then puts a dispatcher on hold because he's in the middle of making a drug deal. <laughs> <laughs> That's smart. Was that in Florida? Uh, no, it was in Cleveland. <laughs> That reminds me of a story that happened down here a while back where uh, somebody broke in and stole all the guy's pot plants that he was growing in his house. Mm -hmm. So he called the police and said, you know, I need that back. I I have to sell that to make money. (laughs) (laughs) How stupid can you be? Oh, brother. Rocket scientist. So what's the, is there any more to your story, Cindy? Was there any well, more? Uh... Th- there's not a lot of detail. It just says uh, police say the 20 year old man called 911 to report that two men with guns were watching him, and then uh, the dispatcher called him back. And during the call, the man asked the dispatcher to uh, to hold on while he made a drug deal. He said that to her. Hold on, <laughs> yeah. I got to make a drug deal. Yeah. <laughs> hold on, I got to sling this crack. Ridiculous. Not that crack. <laughs> yeah. Operator, you still there? Oh, yes, the police are on their way. (laughs) (laughs) Really, they are. (laughs) Yeah. I'm at the corner of Washington and 5th. No, he actually actually gave the address, too, which was hilarious. (laughs) Can you come and arrest me now, please? (laughs) Oh, man. What about about you, Roger? Do you have anything there? Okay, well, I got a story that comes from uh, Japan. It was a hit-and-run accident. And uh, the police wanted to put out a sketch of the uh, suspect, but they don't have a sketch artist, so they used a Nintendo Wii to make an avatar. They call it a me. And uh, oh, they made an geez. avatar that looks like the uh, the suspect. Well, there's using technology, right? I mean, hey. Yeah, but if you saw the picture, it's pretty bad. <laughs> That's like pulling out an Etch-A-Sketch. I find it kind of funny that they they don't have a uh, a sketch artist in the police station, but they happen to have a, a video game system in the police station. Well, you got to use what you have, you know. I guess it's better than using watercolors. No, I think the watercolors probably would have been better. Did you guys hear about the woman? I think it was either it was probably Japan too. The woman that took the written driving exam. Oh, that's in South Korea. South Korea, <laughs> 771 times. Oh! Roger and I were just talking about that. Something tells me, even if she does pass, she probably shouldn't get a license anyway. You think that they would, like, you after think? the third or fourth, they would kind of raise the question? 771? How the hell do you fail a driver's test that many I wonder times? What, did, they, did they disclose what questions she failed on? Like, what the, you know... Probably every one. I mean, if you fail that many times. I mean, don't they have a manual you can read? Mm-hmm. Maybe a study. Who has but. time to take that many tests? In the uh, in the article that I was reading, um, it said that she took it every single day. I was yeah. going to say, Since what is she doing there? Three times a week or what? Since 2005, she took it every day. 
Okay. I mean, don't you think you would say, uh, excuse me, which questions did I get wrong so I can study them? You know, you've been taking the test every day for four years now. Come on. <laughs> for four freaking years. Oh, get the manual text. and memorize it. Uh, Cindy, what do you got? I really don't have anything too interesting. Just the uh, the story that we've all heard on the news about the uh, mother that recently delivered octuplets. Octuplets? Yeah, she already had six children at home, apparently. Oh, my God. And now she's got 14. She just, deli- she just delivered eight more, and this was all uh, in vitro fertilization, apparently, or something. Wow. Um, no, it just uh, it talks about uh, that she's received more than $165,000 in disability payments. But yet she wanted to have more kids through this in vitro. I, I don't quite understand it. Um, actually, I, I caught a few minutes of her on some news show this evening, but I really didn't have time to listen to it. She's yeah. trying to get some deals, too, from like all these like news state or... Um... Yeah, but h- how do you care for 14 kids in a three-bedroom well, house? You, She's living with her parents. You, right. How, well, first of all, how do you feel, how do you God, feel about... She should have been fixed How do you feel about ago. this in the first place? The woman's got six kids, and she wants to have more, and she's going for in oh vitro to have more. Some of these kids could have medical problems. I bet I, gr- I guaranteed they're all preemies. Oh, of course. Um, they were like all less than two pounds. There's definitely, I, think. I would almost guarantee it with that number of kids, there's going to be medical problems with them. Most likely, yeah. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> right. It just depends on, on how premature they are and, and you know, the, the stage of development of their organs and what they're able mm-hmm. to do to, you know, I, it, it, you're right, though. At that early age, there's a very good chance that they're going to have problems for the rest of their right. life. Right, and then and then she's tapping in to medical of insurance for of for stuff, right? And well, not just yeah, medical insurance. She's living on our dime. And and if yeah. these kids develop problems down the road, wait, is she married? Or I don't understand. What no, she, I, she... I don't think so. But the thing is, so a single mom that's already got six kids decides she wants more. So it's not even like she had like a uh, husband, boyfriend, nothing. Where's the money from in vitro coming from, too, I wonder, because that's not cheap, that stuff. I don't know. Sorry, I don't have all the details. Yeah, but that's just, I find that a little bit... Um, it's disturbing. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. It's, it's, it's very that's a, disturbing. That's a discussion for a whole other day, I mean. Yeah. So that that's beyond wacky, so, you know, we can move on. Okay. Uh, I have another one related to uh, aviation. Man caught with pigeons in his trousers. <laughs> I saw that. I saw that one. <laughs> oh, please continue. An Australian traveler has caught was caught with two live pigeons stuffed down his trousers following a trip. Now they say stuffed down his trousers, but in reality, he had them strapped around his ankles in uh, spandex material. Like like uh, each leg had spandex around, it and he had the pigeons tucked down inside there and they were wrapped in stuff too so they were kind of safe yeah well that's still strange yeah. um for what reason though i mean so i'm gonna get there uh so customs officers said the 23 uh, year old man was searched after they discovered two eggs in a vitamin container in his lounge and in his luggage i'm sorry a vitamin <laughs> container in his luggage uh they found the pigeons wrapped in padded envelopes and held to each of the man's legs with a pair of tights according to a statement released by the agency Officials also seized seeds in his money belt and an undeclared eggplant. (laughs) (laughs) Undeclared eggplant. (laughs) What? The alleged bird bird smuggler who arrived in Melbourne on Sunday on a flight from Dubai was being questioned. Australia has very strict quarantine regulations on the importation of wildlife, plants, and food to protect health, agriculture, and environment of the isolated island nation. Charges of the wildlife smuggling, which carry a maximum penalty of 10 years imprisonment and a fine of $110,000, or Australian dollars, um, could be brought against the man. The pigeons were not endangered, and the case, as well as the birds, eggs, and seeds, have been turned over to the quarantine service to assess the health risk associated with bringing the birds into the country. But Why was he smuggling them in? There's, they, they, don't, they, don't, uh, they don't go any further into any details there. They're withholding comments. I mean, Is what that would a pigeon be in your pants? Or are you just happy to see me? <laughs> <laughs> pigeon stool. Oh man, <laughs> I have actually two more wacky news items. If you want to hear them, sure. 
Well, I had this one written, but Cindy emailed me about it earlier. Caution, zombies, motorists warned. Did you hear about that? Someone hacked into, uh, where is that, in Texas? Austin, Texas. S- somebody hacked into the online message center through the municipality, right? And changed the message on the signs that you see on the side of the street, those big yeah. those big uh, digital signs that, that display traffic patterns. Oh, God, I can only imagine. Motorists on the busy road in Austin, Texas were met with the electronic warning signs telling them, caution, zombies ahead. <laughs> Seconds later, they were advised, run for cold climates. The end is near. So, <laughs> so that's some wacky stuff there. You guys want to want to jump into the uh, main topic here? And okay. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to lead in with an amazing animal fact. Have you guys ever heard of Irene Pepperberg? Mm, no. She has, she has been studying the intelligence of parrots. And uh one parrot she had who has since passed away was Alex. He was a African gray parrot and among other things, he was associating with numbers, quantities, and colors and shapes. And he was replying to her in like normal conversation, not just, you know, mimicking things that he had heard. Like she would have a number of objects on a tray or something and she'd ask him how many blue balls or whatever, how many blue objects. And he'd be like, blue balls. And he'd be like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. And aptly, you know better than to say anything yeah. like that around Dennis. Well, his 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 answer is even is even more uh, uh, appropriate. He would just respond two. <laughs> so, and then uh, and and then if like he was presented with a square, she would say how many corners? What shape? How many corners? And he'd go four corners like that. <laughs> Actually, I think I have heard of this and um, seen it on television. I believe. Did he count matchsticks when they're dropping on the floor too? <laughs> I don't think so. But he would cheer on or or uh, reprimand his fellow parrots if they weren't doing so good in their training. He'd be, ah. he'd be saying things to him like, think, think, or pay attention. <laughs> right? And, and if they were doing really good, he'd be, go, he'd be saying like, good, good. And one day, she, I was listening to an interview with her and uh, she had, she was coming back from a board meeting or something like that. And she was aggravated about some stuff that had gone on there. So she comes walking into the, the lab where Alex is and throws her coat down and goes walking into her office. And he goes, calm down. <laughs> Cause he hears her stomping into the room and stuff. And uh, I mean, how cool is that? You yeah, know, take a chill pill. But uh, in her studies, she found that, that a certain part of the brain has developed in this bird and other parrots that also is, Developed in crows and blue jays. I'm not sure how far she got with other birds, but um, more so than other animals. So, like, birds share the intelligence of, like, dolphins and primates. They just can't communicate readily like, you know, these other creatures can or aren't maybe aren't as willing. I don't know. Mm. But, I mean, how crazy is that? Well, Roger and I have discussed in, in past episode about that one crow that could, like, fashion a hook out of a wire and get a basket, get something out of a basket or... How they drop nuts from a traffic light and wait for the light to turn red. Then a car, <laughs> yeah. then a car will run over them, and when the light turns red, they can walk out there and get the cru- and eat what they dropped. Yeah, really? Yeah. Oh, right, yeah. Raj. Wow, that is wild. Yeah. That is wild. That's really awesome. That takes a lot of intelligence for. Uh... Yeah. That's there's a crow. A, that's a crow that you a said. Crow is a, really very smart. Yeah. There's wow. a pic. There's a video on. On the Cosmic Pirate Podcast website, the cosmic.myeyes.net, if you want to check that out. There's a video there of the crow actually like trying to get something out of the box, out of this little jar. He can't fit his head in there and his beak in there, so there's a wire. So he tries for a second with the wire, and he realizes the wire is straight. It's not going to grab anything, so he Hmm. sticks it into something and walks around it and makes it into a hook. Pulls it back out, sticks the hook end back in there, grabs the basket, and lifts it out of the jar. And it's all right there. That's wild. There's oh, no trick nice. I love that stuff. That is just fascinating. You know? Smart animals. And here, here humans, you know, a lot of humans think we're the smartest creatures. We're the most intelligent. Well, we, we can communicate, we can build things, and, and we can organize ourselves. There are other intelligent creatures on this planet that we can communicate mm-hmm. with if we just learn how, you know? Yeah, I was just watching a program the other day that showed how uh, an octopus can do stuff like that. You know, it can learn from past experiences. 
He put a uh, a herring inside a jar and dropped it in the octopus tank, and the octopus knew how to open the jar. Are you kidding twisted me? Twisted the cap off the jar, reached in wow. with one of its tentacles, and pulled the fish out so it can eat it. It was, It twisted the cap off the jar. Yes. Wow. That is awesome. I think I heard a couple weeks ago about a, a dog owner that taught his or her dog how to shoplift. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm not kidding you. Oh, that's a nice trick. Hey, what the hell? What's a dog gets caught with something? Hey, I didn't know. What? Well, is there any more to that? I don't know. I didn't really. I just caught like caught wind of fetch, it. Rover, like, fetch, Rover, fetch. Yeah, get the beard. No, I said Bud Light. Exactly. I was just going to say, Roger, no, 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 no. Get the Sierra. Get the Sierra Nevada. Get the The green one. The green one. The green one. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He sticks in his little saddlebag and off you go. Oh, if if you treat it as like a seeing eye dog, you know, you can say, oh, I'm blind. I don't know what the dog's doing. Seriously. (laughs) Well, I I just told him to go get me a beer. I didn't tell him where to get it. I wonder if I could teach Dusty that. I taught him how to roll over and sit. I wonder if I can teach him, if I bring him to the store to go grab some stuff for me and like sneak out the door, wait for me by the truck. (laughs) Go for the prime rib. (laughs) He'd be long gone, I think. He'd be like, I'm free. (laughs) But, um... I just think it's amazing, smart animals. Roger, you were just talking about octopuses. Yeah. Did you know that an octopus will will have his courting uh, pattern on his front side facing the female, while on his back side, he has a totally different pattern showing aggression so that other males keep away from him. And if the female moves around him, he'll change his pattern so that always facing her is the courting kind of pattern, the, the more relaxed, hey, the what's up, baby, side. kind of thing, yeah. And then on the back side is a stay away, Joe. I'm on this one, you know? And, but, <laughs> but this it's one's amazing. mine. Stay <laughs> away, Joe, on his backside. Is yeah. Tattooed? No, it's their... Okay, very funny. It's, it's their... It's like the skin... Does he let out a little squirt of oil? The skin actually changes colors and, and patterns change in the colors. And they mean certain things. They have certain signals to other octopus. So this female's checking out going, hey, yeah, all right, you know. Don't octopuses put out like some kind of like stream of something as like a yeah. defense mechanism? Well, they have that black ink black stuff ink, that they can spray. Right. Yeah, yeah. Did you know that people actually eat that stuff? Oh, God. Whoa. Like if they're eating- What is it? Is it? Does it like smell really bad or what is the- Oh, it just permeates the- It's just like a smoke screen. You can't even see them. Oh. Uh, it, it, it totally disperses in the water, right? And it totally makes just a big cloud of black. You can't see through it. And so the octopus can just take off. Oh. They'll just like, or attack you. They'll just like blast it out to, right. to blind their, pers- their, pr- their pursuer, yeah, whoever's coming after them, whatever. And then they'll right. just take off. But there's actually people who would eat that stuff. There, there's dishes where the, you're eating octopus and it's, it's served in the, the black ink. Oh. Like, a, like it's part of the okay. sauce. Uh. And I guess it's edible. I, don't, I asked a friend of mine. He had it. I'm like... You've eaten the octopus blind king. He's like, yeah. I'm like, did it taste like anything? He's like, well, it just doesn't really have a a good Tasted flavor. Like or, ink. Yeah, he goes, it doesn't have a good flavor or a bad flavor. It just it's okay. I'm like, does it like you end up with make a your tongue? tongue? That's what I was just gonna say. Does it make your tongue black? He said, no. I guess it just disperses in the water and create. It's not like an ink ink. You know, it's just a. An I'm ink sure it's doing wonders for your liver. Yeah. <laughs> and now we can get onto our main theme. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. There's one more. While we're on the topic of flying things, did you know that a giant dragonfly from the Carboniferous period, 300 to 350 million years ago, could have had a wingspan of up to two feet? That's a big dragonfly. Dragonfly. Try swatting that thing away from your canoe, you know? Yeah. Seriously. You have to whack him with the paddle. Yeah. And here I am bitching about cicada bugs. Right. Well, we used to see the dragonflies all the time when we were like canoeing on the Delaware. Imagine something. Oh my God, that's a massive fish. That's a fish. That's a massive dragonfly. A I mean, if that thing fish. runs into you, you're like knocked out, you know? Probably oh, smack you at one of its wings. Yeah. Imagine that thing hitting your windshield. Crack. Jeez. <laughs> Turn the wipers a, on. The wipers are broken. Or imagine swallowing one of those things if you're on like a mini bike or something <laughs> or a motorcycle. <laughs> That'd be pretty funny if it like landed smack in the middle of your face. It'll knock you off your bike. <laughs> <laughs> and its wings like wrapped around your face. <laughs> oh man. That's funny. 
Uh, does anyone have anything they want to start with with the aviation thing? Uh, I just wanted to make sure everybody knew that National Aviation Day was August 19th. So we, you're saying we should save this? I knew that. <laughs> oh, no, just a fact. I had that written down in my daily planner. Does anyone have anything for aviation? Um, well, let's see. A balloon would be aviation, right? Yes. Well, I got a story about a record-breaking balloon flight. Bring it on. There's a uh, a balloon that NASA uses that flies high in the uh, atmosphere, almost totally in space, that was in flight for 41 days and 22 hours. Just kept flying around the pole. Uh, it was by Antarctica. It flew. This actually just, goes back all the way to 2004. This balloon orbited the uh, South Pole? It was flying around Antarctica for 41 days, 22 hours. How high up did it go? 125,000 feet. 125,000 feet? Yes. And it was just up there collecting data for them of the... Uh, the- yeah, it was for... Uh, let's see. It was collecting information on supernovas and... Uh, Oh, where the heck was it? I forget exactly what the heck it was doing. But it was How was it doing that? Well, it had meters and stuff on board that was collecting data from just, you know, from the edge of space. The article didn't really go into detail on how it was collecting the data. It was more the story was more about how long it was in flight. That's awesome. I I really find that amazing. Speaking of high altitude balloons, the Roswell UFO crash, 1946, was actually a crash landing of a high-altitude balloon, Weather which balloon? was part of Project Mogul, which was a top-secret military project that uh, was monitoring low-frequency waves in the high atmosphere to detect launches of Soviet missiles. Mm. And that's why... When the military found it, they whisked away the remains, the rim, the the pieces of this thing, the remnants. Yep. And why there was it was like a mylar, you know, it was a metallic balloon, metallic mylar material or whatever, lighter, you know, material that could be filled up and 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 stay aloft. And there were small light pieces of metal and wood or whatever associated with the the construction. And they took it and off it went. And they weren't going to disclose what it was because it was a top secret military project. For our safety, for our national defense. Yeah. <laughs> what was that, broccoli? Oh, got a carrots tonight, right? <laughs> Sorry about oh, that, Dennis. Man, that's worse than what just came out of the other room. <laughs> Could it be? Oh. <laughs> Sweet Jesus. Have mercy on me. What are you eating? That smells like baby food. Oh, man. That was my secretary. Don't worry. She gets it all the time. What are you eating out of the litter box? Oh. God. It's like fermenting. It's stagnant. So, so Project Mogul was, in fact, a, uh, you know, a military, top, top secret military operation. Top secret? Yeah, top secret experimental, program. Experimental. Uh, so, uh, I mean... The thing I found interesting, though, is the material, the material was actually material that you can kind of like it takes, a ch- it reforms its shape again. Like if you crumble it up and then you, you uncrumble it, it actually forms back into the shape that it was in. There is no such material that can be crumbled up and then re-expand into its own original shape. There's memory metals and things like that can be heated up and returned to their, their original shape. Well, they said that it was material that was actually that you can crumple it in your hand and then... It would just reform. But that's never been never been shown. Why are we talking about the freaking... Uh, You're the one I brought up. I know well. I brought it up, but we're gonna keep, we don't need to keep going on. <laughs> Do we need to keep the whole thing going? I have a really, really cool story. Uh, an amazing feat of pilot prowess. Prowess? Is that right? Don't know until we hear the story. You guys remember the Airbus crash landing in the Hudson? Right. Right? Okay, that pilot no, was really... You didn't hear about that? Where were <laughs> no, you? I'm kidding. <laughs> That pilot was amazing. But, Chesley. But listen to this. In November of 2003, a DHL crew taking off out of Baghdad safely landed their Airbus A300 after being hit with a surface-to-air missile, which caused damage to one wing 
draining their hydraulics and damaging a fuel tank. Oh my God, that'll ruin your day. Wow. <laughs> the loss of hydraulics prevented them from using any of the controllable flight services, meaning the flaps, the elevators, ailerons, or rudder. They could not. And landing, landing gear. gear. <laughs> no, 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 the landing gear actually did work. Well, that's that's mechanical. You have landing gear. Well, the landing gears aren't controlled by hydraulics. Well, you that's, can manually that's probably electric motor. Well, it's probably well, you motors. can manually lower it, I guess, too, right? There must be a backup for them because they were able to lower that. Let me finish the story. The pilots, instead of using the ailerons and all the other stuff, they used the throttles to fly the plane, increasing speed for a climb, decreasing speed for descent, or shifting more power or less to either engine. With the flaps? No, the flaps were inoperable. Yeah, but if they have no power, how are they doing that? They had no hydraulics. They had plenty of power. Oh, they had power to the... Oh, okay. They had right. power. The engines were running. They had no hydraulics, so they couldn't fly the plane with their, their you know, instruments the normal and all that stuff. stuff right. And... Everything was there. But they're using the engines to, to t- turn the plane by putting more power to the right engine or the left engine to steer it minimally, or bo- more power to both to climb, less power to both to descend. So they finally... Um, well, what made, the, what made the situation worse was that one fuel tank was leaking, so the flight, the, the flight engineer could have opened a cross-feed valve to transfer fuel from a good wing to the, uh, the damaged one, but instead, he chose to run the engines on the respective fuel tanks and just closely monitor the degree, the degree of fuel loss in the one. The pilot activated the landing gear, which helped to slow the plane down, and they managed to align themselves with a the runway for an emergency landing. And they landed almost normal. They were the nose tip was up, but um, then they veered into a sandy area beside the runway, which was suspected to contain landmines. Okay, after the plane after off. the plane came to a rest, they hopped out and started to flee the wreckage, but were told to stop and follow a vehicle track out of the sandy area so they wouldn't run over landmines. Did Jeez. you imagine that? No, I can't. That's unbelievable. Three guys, two pilots, and a, uh, uh, whatchamacallit? You, you land this plane that was just hit with a missile. Naturally, you're going to want to run away from this thing. Oh, oh, and they were still shooting at a them, land, too. Land when they were trying to land. It? Holy cow. Can you imagine having a successful landing, and then you get freaking blown up on the ground? Yeah, but I'm going to have a link to that story. There's a YouTube video that, that shows a kind of a reenactment done with, uh, with a flight simulator software. But isn't that well, wild? And I get upset when my packages are late, and here's these guys risking their lives to deliver packages. Yeah, seriously. DHL, take it off in Baghdad. It's like, yeah. I think I'll use DHL from now on. Screw UPS. They haven't dodged any missiles. Excuse me, but my package has bullet holes in it. Yeah, but DHL doesn't even work, uh, doesn't even serve the U.S. anymore, I don't think. That's a, no? a Swedish company, right? They, uh, I think they, they uh, stopped their operations in the U.S., or will be stopping their operations in the U.S. What kind of company? DHL. Well, hopefully it'll be stopping them in Baghdad, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we get hazard pay for this? But, uh, yeah, seriously. Could you imagine? They, were, they, gave, they got some awards and stuff like that for it, too. Cindy, you still with us? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, okay. Quiet tonight. Distracted. What are you distracted by? Oh, man. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Oh. I actually did that one on purpose. I have to apologize. Oh. You can't leave. You got to come back over here and finish. I'm gonna have a carrot. <laughs> How can you say on purpose and then apologize in the same sentence? <laughs> hey, you're talking to me. Stop chasing it. off the co-hosts. <laughs> Sorry about that. I won't do that anymore. I promise. I'll burp the other way. Um, yeah, sure you will. Cindy, you got anything on aviation for us? Oh, I got a couple little things. Well, can I go with uh, a, a story first? Because it yeah, kind of relates to uh, something that Drew was just talking about. All right, yeah, yeah. You know, you're talking about how they uh, controlled this plane by uh, using the engines instead of the uh, rudder. Right. Well, th- there's an aircraft that doesn't have any rudders, and it's solar-powered, the uh, Pathfinder that NASA oh, built. Yeah. This thing, you know... the. It's just basically one wing with two, like, uh, gondolas that you would see off the bottom of a, a blimp. Right. That are hanging on the bottom of this thing. And it's a solar-powered plane that the engines run off of electricity mm. from power that's, you know, gathered from the uh, the sun. And the way this thing uh, steers is the uh, 
the motors that are toward the outsides of the wings, the computer slows or increases the speed of those engines to make this thing turn. Wow. That's that, pretty wild. I think it's pretty neat because I forget how many days this thing can go That's nonstop. Amazing. Days in which it can just stay in the air for like literally days? Oh, yeah. As long as it stays on the sunny side of the uh, Earth, it would have to keep circling or be down either up or down at one of the poles where it's going to stay sunny. Yeah. And as long as the sun is hitting it, yeah, it can, can continue to go. Hope it's got a backup resource. I'm sure it has something. But, uh, but Roger, it's only got a payload of like 100 to 150 pounds. I think this is the Helios, the same as the Helios, that has a wingspan of like 90 feet. Propeller-driven um, aircraft, it's, it's obtained an altitude of over 90,000 feet with, yeah. with two pilots in it. 90,000? Wow. Yeah. Sounds like a glider. And they were flying for like 41 hours. Yeah. Jesus. Amazing. What kind of fuel does it run on, though? Like, I'm eating carrots, sorry. Does it it's run on electricity? Solar-powered. It's all solar-powered? Yeah. Propeller-driven aircraft, <clears throat> solar-powered, yeah, electric motors. Wow. Awesome. Well, why don't they just build cars that are solar-powered? Because they don't go very fast. This airplane only does 15 to 25 miles an hour. Top speed is 25 miles an hour. I've seen video of this on television, and the uh, the wing, I, f- I forget how wide it is. It's uh, like that 120 way. feet, I'm doing, I'm and the whole thing is flexible. So when the wind is blowing, you see this thing just like flexing in the wind. Really? Just keeps on going. Something tells me I don't think I'm going to fly anything at 90,000 feet, though. <laughs> could you imagine how free you would feel way up there? Just looking around and like... Not hearing any humming from the uh, like motor engines running. I mean, it's just going to be like... Whoosh. It's like being in a glider. Imagine a glider. That'd yeah, be like so cool. like a glider cool. plane. They take those up so high and they just glide back down. That is cool. Like a hang glider. I'd love that. Yeah, it says it's got 12,500 uh, watts of power. Well, wow. That, wow. That's amazing, amazing. Now, that is an and amazing feat of yes, aviation. Yes, it is Helios, Pathfinder. All right. Hey, Cindy, what you were going to start something. What would you have? This is more related to wacky news stuff. It's not that interesting. It's just funny. Okay. <laughs> we can use funny. We can always use funny. Funny's good. Uh, the question is, how powerful are jet engines? How powerful what? Are jet engines. I don't know. Ask Dennis. I just not blew him off enough, his chair. Not here. powerful enough to stop some pigeons. <laughs> oh, apparently. So what? what what's the uh, answer? Uh, well, this just the story goes. Uh, this is in May of 2000. A charter jet carrying the New York Knicks basketball team taxied out too close to uh, a line of parked cars on the tarmac. <laughs> oh. And you, you can see where this one's going. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, apparently the blast from the taxiing jet flipped the head coach's car into the air. Oh, nice. Cars. <laughs> Completely Sucks demolished it. Very nice. Well, if you're in an airplane on a runway, you can feel the, you can feel the plane shimmy from, from being buffeted by the uh, jet draft from the uh, other plane. You know? Sure. That's amazing. Did you guys ever hear of a wingsuit? These guys are nuts. You're not talking about the... Uh... The Jetman, are No, you? no, not the Jetman. They're like man. hang gliders, but they're suits, though. Yeah, they almost look like a bat, right? They're like skydivers, yeah, yes. Yeah, it's like oh, a, yeah. they look like literally like a bat, right? Yeah. With the, yeah, that's yeah, pretty wild, those. man. That is amazing. That is wild. It's actually more like a do flying Do they jump squirrel. out of a plane, though, Yeah, they seriously, Roger. They jump out of a plane, right? And then they... Well, they can. Or off cliffs. Or they, they can, can go cliff well, diving. They can go cliff diving, right? There was one I was watching. These guys were like in... wild, These guys were like in... Oh, I don't know where the hell they were in like Norway or something. In these, Some kind of mountain range. In these yeah, mountains just, in like yeah. Norway, right? Mm-hmm. Way up high yeah. in the snow-capped mountains. They get dropped off by a helicopter and they're standing up there and the one guy just like, whoop, jumps off, yeah. spreads his arms and his legs out. He's cruising like 15, Dude, he, 20 feet away from the mountain, though, cliff, mount, away from the cliffs and stuff like that. Yeah. There were guys. They actually showed one where they actually hit the ground. They hit the snow, but came back up again. Like accidentally hit the snow, like hit the mountain. Oh, that's insane. Ouch. These guys are unbelievable. I love it. I can only imagine. There's, I mean, how fast are they going, man? They, they they look like they're going as fast as a freaking plane would be going. I don't know, dude. They're just they're they're well, they're falling at terminal velocity. Whatever that speed is. Well over 100 miles an hour, I'm sure. I'm not sure. Is that a, isn't there a fixed speed that objects fall at terminal velocity, Cindy? Would you know anything about that? Well, 
yeah, but but it's it's not going to be that because they're getting some lift from the wings and the stuff they have on, right? I mean, right. that's the whole point. Yeah, right. The suit is slowing them down. I mean, they're well, still going fast, but they're not going terminal velocity. But how do you slow no. yourself down? That's right. Terminal velocity is reached when you're parachuting before you hit your chute. These guys get to it, and then they spread their arms and legs out and start flying. Um, that's just sure. You and I should go skydiving. Weird. I want to. I, I want to go skydiving with a wingsuit on. I've gone twice. I mean, I want to jump off a mountain like these guys. This is awesome. They showed one guy. We got to go skydiving. I can imagine summer. what was going through the mind of the uh, first guy to test out one of those suits. I hope it works. Yeah, right. The one guy. They show him jumping off the top and flying down this mountainside, doop 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 doop, looping in and out and whatever. And then they get down to a certain point, they just deploy their parachute and land safely in the snow. Oh, is that how they stop? I wasn't yeah. sure how they yeah. stopped. So they do have parachutes. Oh yeah, they have parachutes on their back and their wingsuit, and so they fly down and enjoy the trip. And then they get to their their pickup zone, deploy their parachute and and coast the rest of the way. You know, just fall the rest of the way down. It is amazing. I'm going to stick a, a video for YouTube on uh, yeah, up on the like show to notes too that. for this. But this is just, I mean, it's did just. Did you hear about the uh, the first time skydiver who uh, did his first jump and the uh, instructor died in midair? Mm-mm. Oh man! You know, the first time skydiver, they usually have they have somebody on you know with them an instructor that's right. you know strapped to them on their back. Oh, that right. freak out just a bit. And so the what instructor, are we doing now? actually, the last words were the, the the guy actually lived. He was able to deploy the parachute and land safely with the instructor dead on his back. Anyhow, his last words were, you know, the guy, the, the skydiver, the first time skydiver said to the instructor, oh man, I can't believe how, or something like, something in reference to like how quiet it was up in the, up in the air. And then uh, the instructor said, oh yeah, welcome to my world. And then that was like the last words he heard oh, from the guy. Damn. And oh, oh man. What did he die? Did he have a heart attack or something? Yeah, he had a heart attack in midair. Huh. That adrenaline that? First rush. time skydiver. I bet you the adrenaline rush did him in finally. He probably had a condition with his heart or something. That <laughs> is got to be one though, first major... time though That's... skydiver. I'd be freaking shit in my brick. I'd I have mitral valve pants. prolapse. I don't have any real heart disease or anything like that, but I've got a mitral valve prolapse. I don't know what. I don't think I would suffer any ill effects from skydiving, but I think that adrenaline rush. If you've got a, a if your heart is kind of weakened or whatever, that could cause a cause an issue there. Huh? That can ruin your day. Oh, definitely. A little bit. I, did, I, I mean, thought that was pretty wild, though. I'm like, oh, my God, man. I don't care how many times like, you're Like, I've doing gone it. skydiving twice, and I couldn't even imagine if the instructor went in and died on me. Yeah. I don't care how many times you do it. There's There's got to be a rush every time. Oh, oh it is. definitely. Well, yeah, that's why they continue yeah, to do it. That's just... I just remember the first time, I'm just like, oh, my God, oh, my God, the whole way down. You went? Yeah. Oh, damn, dude. I, I didn't know twice. you went. Oh, awesome. Yeah. I told you last summer I, I went up in Connecticut. A guy, a guy you used to work with is going too. That's pretty cool, Dennis. Yeah. Nice. And I, why, I said, why don't you go with me? And you're like, oh, no, I'll never do that. You said that? Yeah. Well, I want to go. You said that? I don't know if I want to go. Do I want to go? Sure you want to go. I want to do it you at least once. have a great once. time. I think I want to do it once. But watch, it'll be like the, my instructor will Just die. Just bring it depends with you. Yeah. I would probably piss my pants on the way down. <laughs> I think that would be great, though. That What an experience, huh? Oh, it's a good time. Just got to hope that your instructor doesn't die on you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Seven more dives, that, or eight more dives, and I can go on my own. The, uh, what, you still, you're going to do more? Well, my goal is to do uh, eight more dives, and then after ten, you can do it by yourself. What does each dive cost you? Mm, 300 and 325. Yeah, I'm going to have to wait a little two while. Two years off your life. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oofa. Yeah, we'd have a good time doing it. Can you just strap a camera to your Cindy, head and you I'll just ride too. and I'll just Cindy, you up for skydiving? I'd do it once. Yeah, that's what just that's once? that's about what I would do probably. <clears throat> and if I didn't That's one more time than I would. If I, well I would try it. And if I liked it, I'd do it again. That's an expensive hobby though. It's expensive. It would it would become your passion, you think, Cindy? It's hard to say. Yeah. Uh, I would definitely try it once, though. I mean, it's def. I think it's one of those things worth trying once in your life for sure. But what if that's that once is the time the that cheeks you're... on your face are flapping like crazy? Man, I tell you that. <laughs> imagine if you're going. <laughs> imagine if you're going down butt first, an air enema or something. 
No. Oh. No? No good? Only Drew would think of something like uh-huh. that. What massive fart when you get down, boy? <laughs> oh, my package is tightening up. Boy, do I feel bloated. Yeah, seriously. You see the guy inflating as he's flying. That's What's happening? That's the one happening? thing that sucks, man, is the he's freaking pressure down. on your crotch when he's the freaking parachute deploys. But first, oh, I can oh imagine. <clears throat> yeah, maybe I don't want to go. I have sensitive testes. Jesus. Hang on to your balls. <laughs> <laughs> They gotta have some sort of. Don't they put like crotch well, padding? Anything on you? like the harness I have to wear when I climb? I'd imagine it is kind of tough. Yeah. Oh, you got a ball. You got a little ball chafer, Raj. You gotta wear. Well, it straps around both thighs. Yeah. Goes across your ass, and <laughs> it can't be that. Kind Anything of... else that gets in the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a visual. Yeah. Oh. You have to get the boys out of there. I'd love to go skydiving completely naked. <laughs> yeah, you talking about your you talking about your cheeks flapping? Imagine, imagine what else is you flapping? Like, uh, <laughs> oh, that's God. crazy! You plastered against your abdomen, <laughs> flapping around. Your sack will be flapping. And now, for your official enjoyment, Dennis the naked skydiver. <laughs> Jesus, man! <laughs> flapping while you're going down. Uh, <laughs> What's that? No, we talk it under like I was doing the CT dance. What? Like I would tuck it under like I was doing the CT dance. <laughs> it rubs the lotion on its skin. Did you just say tuck it under? I tuck it, th- tuck it between <laughs> his legs. Do you ever see Silence of the Lambs? Yeah. Remember when he does he that does dancing little... like he tucks his thing up like in between his legs? Uh, uh... <laughs> <laughs> That's disturbing. <laughs> that is all disturbing. You're disgusting. Okay, so... Uh, some, ed- some editing there. Yeah, a little bit of editing. Yeah. Uh, I do have another item. Now, the reason we're doing this whole thing is because Cindy and I went to the Kalamazoo Air Zoo last week in Michigan, and um, it was pretty cool. A lot of cool stuff there. SR-71 Blackbird, uh, old biplanes, right? Mm. Lots of cool displays and stuff, and we even went on the... They have um, a uh, jet fighter simulator that you sit in, and they strap you in. They pull the shoulder harness down over you, and you're closed into this little capsule with a video screen and a joystick. And your capsule actually does full barrel rolls, physical, full physical in the real world barrel rolls, and loops. So you're watching the screen, and you're flying along, and you... Tip the joystick all the way right. Well, guess what? You're rolling. Yeah. You go all the way upside down and back again. It's a, it's really fun. We went on it twice. Nice. Um, but that was really a cool experience. And so I thought it would be kind of cool to do a little uh, aviation-based uh, podcast on the feats of aviation and stuff like that. Um, you know, talking about all this like aviation and like animal type stuff, like I, I can't help but think about that movie. Remember that movie Project? Was it Project X? Project X. The, the, the actor that was in War Games. Remember that one where they had the monkeys do like the flight simulator? No. I do remember Project X, though. The name of that sounds familiar. You're talking about... Uh, what was that movie called where they had like... Um, You're talking about Matthew Broderick? They were exper- yeah, Matthew Broderick. Was it Matthew Broderick? Yeah. He was in, he was in uh, War Games. War Games, but there was that movie that he was also in with that other... Um, I forget the, uh, the other girl. You guys ever hear about that? No. I've never heard of that. Project X. No. I have to look it up. They on experimented there. with the monkeys and they like um what they did was they would train them to be to, 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 to fly the planes like in a flight simulator and like they would be exposed to like radiation. All right. Or something like that. I think I do vaguely remember something about something this. like radiation like it was a radiation. Uh, he was trying to save the monkeys. The one monkey yeah, was he was like trying to save the monkeys, exactly. Exactly. I remember. Do you I, vaguely I remember that? Vaguely movie? remember seeing that, like yeah. on like TBS or something in the yeah. afternoon. Yeah. I just can't help but think about that movie. Well, I'm glad. I'm, I'm glad you thought about that, and thanks for it was sharing. Such a great movie. Yeah, that's wonderful. It's poor monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> so, did you guys know what the fastest type of plane is in existence? Uh, no. Rocket planes, like the X-15. Uh. They're the fastest the X, planes. X, X what? X-15. 15. They can fly to the highest altitudes. They're the fastest. And often they fly so high that they're on the verge of entering outer space. 
Rocket planes are usually are used uh, mainly for research, and the X-15 holds both the speed and altitude records. It was like uh, 15 meters long. Why am I talking in meters here? Because I'm reading from an article. Yeah, what do yeah. you mean, the UK? And had a 6.7 meter wingspan. <laughs> the X-15 was developed specifically to conduct research in the fields of aerodynamics and aspects of high speed and high altitude flight. And it made 199 flights between 1959 and 1968. And Dennis, you were amazed before when I said that the XR-71 was actually based on a, an aircraft that was designed in like 1963. Or 63, 64, yeah. Well, yeah, and the, and the actual uh, XR-71... 69. Or SR-71 flew in... Se- well, was, was built in like 67, I think, or something like that. Mm. But there was an actual predecessor to it. It's amazing. Um, yeah, I mean these these Mach, what is it Mach five point three or something crazy? To, the uh, I mean just just do the math. And the air, this plane goes so fast that friction, air friction on the windshield raises the temperature of the windshield to over two hundred degrees Fahrenheit. And there's a wow. there's a special uh, air conditioning system built into it so the pilots don't overheat. You could probably shoot around the moon in a or, matter of an hour. <laughs> Probably. How I'm long would it like take? Armageddon over here? Well, how if the SR seventy one could shoot fly? In, if the SR seventy one could fly in space, how long would it take to get to the moon at three thousand miles an hour? Eighty three hours. Wow, love that calculator. To get where? Two hundred fifty thousand miles away at oh, three thousand miles hours. an hour. Yeah, it would take eighty three hours. You're oh, saying eighty three hours. So just imagine how fast these space shuttles and rockets go. To the moon. Boy, I wonder how long it would take me to get there my PT cruiser. Okay, now here and here's one that tops the SR-71. This is in the uh, X-15. William Knight holds the record for achieving the fastest speed achieved by an aircraft. Mach 6.7. Wow. 2,000 meters per second. Let's see what that... Uh, what we I'm here? thinking of uh, spies like us. When they go into that one uh, training thing uh, where it just goes continually around and around and around. Oh, I like when I go for the coffee afterwards. <laughs> okay, Mach 6.7 at sea level would be over 5,000 miles an hour. That's pretty fast. So how do, how do humans withstand that? I don't know. They're in a pressurized cockpit... Uh, it's just unbelievable. Whatever way, you... it's, whatever way it's like, I like to do it nude. I like to do everything in nude. <laughs> I hope you're not podcasting in the nude. Now, now here's another bit of trivia. On August 22nd, 1963... No, he's not podcasting in the, news by the, in the nude, by the way. On August 22nd, 1963, Joseph A. Walker... In 1963, this is happening, right, this stuff. Uh, Joseph A. Walker achieved the highest altitude ever gained by an airplane at 107,900 meters, which is 354,200 feet. Probably is pretty much in space, I would think. Right? That is pretty much in space. Just I mean, about? that's at the uh, that's got to be at, at close to the edge of the uh, of our atmosphere, Earth's atmosphere. And what about that guy who does like those those high altitude jumps? He'll jump from like freaking 90,000 feet or something crazy like that. In a space suit, oh, in, in like this pressurized suit. Yeah, this guy has done it. Hi, okay, let me do a quick Google here. Highest altitude jump. Joseph Kittinger, that's right. Boopity boopity boop, 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 boop. Kittinger floated to 102,800 feet in Excelsior 3, an open gondola adorned with paper license plate that his five-year-old son had cut out of a cereal box, ah. protected against the sub-zero temperatures by layers of clothes... In a pressure suit, he experienced air temperatures as low as minus 94 degrees Fahrenheit and loaded down with gear that almost doubled his weight. He climbed to his maximum altitude in one hour and 31 minutes, even though at 43,000 feet he began experiencing severe pain in his right hand caused by a failure in his pressure glove and could have scrubbed the mission. He remained at peak altitude for about 12 minutes, then he stepped out of his gondola into the darkness of space. After falling for 13 seconds, his six-foot canopy parachute opened and stabilized his fall, preventing the flat spin that could have killed him. 
Only 4 minutes and 36 seconds more were needed to bring him down to about 17,500 feet where his regular 28-foot parachute opened, allowing him to float the rest of the way to Earth. His descent set another world record for the largest, their longest parachute free fall. Wow. Yeah. That and guy's he got, that's nuts. And that guy's got a golden sack. Uh, <laughs> during his descent, now here's the, here's the good part. During his descent, he reached speeds of up to 614 miles per hour, approaching Jeez. the speed of sound without the protection of an oh. aircraft or space vehicle. I hope, wow. he, was, no. I hope he was wearing a jockstrap. But he, wow. but he said he had absolutely no sense of speed. His flight and parachute jump... Yeah, it's because he was probably unconscious. <laughs> His flight... <laughs> His flight and parachute jump demonstrated that, properly protected, it was possible to put a person into near space and that airmen could exit their aircraft at an extremely high altitude and free fall back into Earth's atmosphere without dangerous consequences. Provided they're wearing the right gear and have the right chutes and stuff. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah, so what'd you do today, sweetie? <laughs> I just descended yeah, to Earth seriously. at 600 miles an hour. Yeah, I fell from <laughs> space. <laughs> but don't worry, I was wearing my cup. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right? <laughs> what did that feel like when he deployed his chute, though? I don't know. You weren't even going that Good fast. God, wouldn't that like, tear, you in, tear you in half? Deploying your chute at that speed? Better start flapping your arms. Yeah, 614 miles per hour. I don't know, man. <laughs> Keep your point. Well, that's, well, that that's a good well, point. They, if you're going that fast, that thing the chute. Well, the thing was, yeah. the first chute he deployed was only six feet across, so it stabilized his fall and prevented him from going into what they call a oh, flat spin. So he did it in like spin. two steps. He like the, the first chute slowed him down. The first chute was right. just okay. a drag chute to slow him down. It didn't. Like slow totally down from the six hundred miles an hour that he was yeah. brought him down to about three hundred miles an hour. <laughs> yeah, but it did. I guess it did it in a shorter. You know, it slowed him down over time because it's a six foot parachute just creating drag. Right. And then he, once he got down to seventeen thousand feet, he deployed the other one and. Thump, and then well, they say if you're doing like a normal skydive, I think you descend like normal speed is about a hundred miles an hour. So even if that guy was going three hundred miles an hour. I mean, that's seriously. I hope he didn't have his arms. I mean, his arms probably get ripped right out of the sockets. Here we go. Speed of a skydiver. There you go, Dennis. Try his jump nude. <laughs> For a skydiver with parachute closed, the terminal velocity is about 124 miles per hour. Yeah. Yeah, God, that's just nuts, man. Whew. I'll just sleep naked tonight and dream about skydiving. How's that? Eh. <laughs> whatever, whatever floats your boat. <laughs> Oh, man. Just because I'm podcasting a new doesn't mean we're going to be swapping spit and taking a hot shower together later. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right, guys, so let's call that a wrap. Okay, wrap. Punching out. <laughs>